Hi there, and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our weekly teaching podcast. We hope that it encourages you to live a little bit more every day like Jesus taught us to. God bless you. I've got two parts of what I want to say this morning. You're going to be involved in the second one, so you need to pay attention. This is not the time to drift off. Uh, every couple of years at Grad Sunday, we kind of give this opportunity. We, we stop and invite the congregation to kind of shout out, because we do want it to make it to the audio recording, to say as loudly as they can, how God has been faithful to them. Usually we ask it to happen in like one sentence, because otherwise God has been good. And while it would be incredibly edifying to stay here for 70, 15-minute testimonies, we have cake in the foyer. So we want to keep it relatively short. That's coming in the latter half, so I want you to be ready for that. When I say, hey, now's the time, I don't, we don't need a massive four-minute wait while Micah looks awkward on the uh, platform. The first part of what I want to talk to us today comes out of this notion of, well, within theological circles, they kind of call them milestones. In Canada, like we never quite made the transition to kilometer stones. That doesn't sound nearly as good. Uh, but milestones, you've seen them out on the highway. They tick by. I can remember as a kid, we were driving across Canada. My family loaded up, and we drove across Canada. And I can remember in the prairies especially, the turn that we wanted was at exit whatever. You know, just after mile marker, I'm going to totally make this up. Um, just after mile marker, 9,000, I don't know. And it would be my job to watch out for the exit. And if you've ever driven across the prairies, and I know some of us have, it can feel like you are forever stuck at mile marker four. <laughs> it's got a long drive. We are a people who try and take note of milestones. We gather together to celebrate milestones. We do it for Discovery Park. We actually, a couple of weeks ago, down in our kids' program, celebrated the milestone of the grade sixes leaving and joining the Unlimited Soul Youth Program. We do it for baptisms. A couple of weeks ago, we gathered here and lifted the screen, and we had a couple of baptisms in service. And then, like two Tuesday nights ago, a whole bunch of you showed up to celebrate with the youth group as we had three more. We gather together to celebrate weddings. We gather together to dedicate children. We gather together to mourn and yet still celebrate life at funerals. We are a people who celebrate milestones. And Grad Sunday, it is a milestone. Milestones serve several purposes, and they exist all through Scripture. One of the most prominent is just after, if you might, you might or might not know this story. Uh, in youth, well, when I was a kid in Sunday school, they, they would always call it like the ten plagues, right? The, God used Moses to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. And it had the promise of going to the promised land. But as they made their way to the promised land, it became really clear that actually you've got a lot of Egypt left in your culture. And for 40 years, the people of Israel were led through the desert 
waiting until enough of Egypt was ground out of them and enough of God, trusting God was put into them to be led into the promised land. And as they crossed the river, the leaders of the people said, now gather some stones and make a big pile, one for each tribe, so that in generations to come, when your children's 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 children ask as you walk down the road, what's with those stones? You can say that is a reminder that God has been with us, is with us, and will be with us. Milestones in Scripture are statements of faith and testimony. For these graduates, I could walk down the road, as I said when we were praying for them, and tell you stories of how God had shown up in their life, of painful points where God carried them through. Some involve sitting by hospital beds. Some involve mourning loss. But there are milestones in life that we look back on and say, God was there. Look how far we've come. Milestones serve to remind us of God's faithfulness. Milestones serve to remind us of days gone by. Milestones serve to remind us of days yet to come. And one of the things that we don't often talk about is that milestones remind us of change. These guys won't ever go to kindergarten for the first time again. Mothers, do not start crying. Mine is about to go to kindergarten soon, and I'll weep like a faucet uh, quite soon, I'm sure. These guys won't get onto a school bus, at least not in the same way, again. They're not going to walk through their school hallways as students anymore. Milestones remind us of change. When we gather for a wedding, it is a public testimony that there is a new household formed. When my wife and I got married, everybody realized Micah's no longer part of that household. He's part of a new household. Jody's no longer part of that household, part of a new household. When we mark birthdays, and this is going to get me killed, but like my wife will this coming Saturday, it's a big one. <laughs> and by big, I mean important, not large. <laughs> but when we mark birthdays, it is a reminder that days have gone by. Milestones are a reminder that we need to engineer our life. Now that's kind of a, a funny turn of phrase. If you've ever been to one of our grad Sundays, you would have heard me say something like, and I know that you guys have been here, and I know I've talked to you a lot about this, so I won't talk a whole lot about it, but just to remind everybody else, you would hear me say something like, figure out what you want said about you when you're dead, and then start making choices now that lead you there. Figure out what you want said about you when you're gone. Because one of the things that is true, as I've dealt with people, as I've worked with people, as I've done life, as I've done my own life, 
Very seldom do you arrive where you want to be by accident. Very seldom do you get to, oh, I would like to arrive at a specific address. You don't get there by heading out to the end of the road and flipping a coin. Left or right, heads. I guess we're going left. Hope that gets us where we're going. Figure out what you want said about you when you're dead and start making choices now that lead you there. Milestones remind us that we need to reverse engineer our lives. We don't have complete control over them. God is the only one that's sovereign. But we've got control, we've got influence about what kind of character we're going to have. And the same is true for our communities. And this is really the punchline of what I want to get to today. Uh, let's pop the uh, passage of the Corinthians up on the screen. We're going to read a few verses together. This is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm using a translation called the New English Translation. For just as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one, so too is Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free. We were all made to drink of the one spirit. For in fact, the body is not a single member, but many. If the foot says, since I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it does not lose its membership in the body because of that. And if the ear says, since I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it does not lose its membership in the body because of that. If the whole body were an eye, what part would do the hearing? If the whole were an ear, what part would exercise the sense of smell? But as a matter of fact, God has placed each of the members in the body just as he decided. If they were all the same member, where would the body be? Milestones serve to remind us that we're not all the same. We weren't all born on the same day. We're not all the same age. We didn't all get married at the same time. This graduating class didn't even all go to the same school. Milestones remind us that God has actually called us into a body together. And that we must make choices about whether or not the other members fit. I've been part of a church since, well, before I was born. I've been part of a church family that has watched me grow and get old. And you folks have watched me get gray my entire life. And we need to continuously make choices as we gather at milestones, remembering that we aren't all the same. We must continually make choices to make room for each other. A couple of months ago, well, it was a longer time than that, but I don't want to get too specific. In what I get to do, I get to preach at different churches. A while back, I got to preach at a church that was a monoculture. Everybody there was well north of 70. That church is missing something. It is. Now, everybody liked the same music. 
everybody liked the same preaching. Everybody used the same version of the Bible. Everybody got along. And the church won't be there in a couple of decades or less. And there's no kids crying out at inconvenient times during the sermon. There's no children playing in the shadow of the communion table. That church is missing something. It's missing the vibrancy of the body. Even longer ago, I got to preach in another church. Almost everybody was between the age of 30 and 40, a little bit younger. That church was missing something. I got to talk to one of their pastors. A member of their congregation got sick. Nobody knew how to navigate those waters. Nobody in their church had been there before. What do you do with an unexpected sickness? What do you do with an unexpected job loss? There was a shallowness of wisdom that experience teaches and wasn't available. We are all many members of one body. And God has called us together not to be the same, but to make his body stronger. The experiences that you bring guide these students. The experiences they bring inform those of us who have gone gray. The culture that I grew up in is long gone. They help me understand how to bring the gospel to an ever-changing world. But I'm not old enough to have the wisdom I need. There are many here who teach me and shepherd me and give me counsel. We are all members of one body. And one of the reasons that we celebrate milestones is to remind us that we need each other. Because we live in an age that encourages us to separate and segregate out. Oh, let's have a church for young people. Let's have a church for old people. Let's have a church for people who like rap music. Let's, like a, let's have a church for people who don't like singing. Let's have a church for people who only like singing if accompanied by an organ. We live in an age that encourages us to find something custom-tailored to our wants and our desires so that we can just be with people like us. So there's no more conflict, no more friction. The problem with that is it's not the body of Christ. And milestones continuously challenge us to make room for each other. These students need to be trusted with leadership. Now, I was in a room not that long ago where somebody north of 60 looked at people who were almost 40 and said, they're too young to lead. These guys need to be trusted with leadership. Some of our old folks, they need to be listened to again. Some of us need to get off the platform and wash feet again, as Jesus taught us to. Some of us need to get engaged again. Because this body, it only works when we all pull together.
when we all see God at work in our lives and share that with each other. Which brings me to the second part of the service. I was really torn between two sets of scripture today. So I decided to do both. I couldn't help but think every time I closed my eyes it would come back to me. This passage out of the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 145. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Bible, the book of Psalms is actually like a song book from ye olden times. It's got 150 of them in there. None of them rhyme in English. Don't even try. They sound beautiful in Hebrew. But Psalm 145 is especially nice, and it's got something in it. Let's take a look here. One generation will praise your deeds to another and tell about your mighty acts. I will focus on your honor and majesty, majesty and splendor and your amazing deeds. They will proclaim the power of your awesome acts. I will declare your great deeds. They will talk about the fame of your great kindness and sing about your justice. I think that's all, yeah, that's all I put in. I, if you read the psalm, it goes on for a while talking about, hey, we sing to each other about how good God is. But I want to pop up that first verse again. Sorry, Andrea, I didn't give you a warning on this. One generation will praise your deeds to another and tell about your mighty acts. We're going to make space for that this morning. We're going to make time for that. In a couple of moments, I'm just going to leave the floor open. We're not going to go running around with a microphone. We're going to try and turn on these things and see if they pick you up. But that's not really the point. It doesn't say... The old will tell the young. Does it? It doesn't say the, the mature will speak to the immature. It's about encouraging each other. Cross whatever generational boundaries there are. Cross whatever interest boundaries there are. Across whatever fascinations we have in all kinds of different topics. One generation speaks to another about how God has moved in their life. So I want to give some time for that. And I'm going to encourage you to say it in like one sentence and not like a run-on sentence like the Apostle Paul. If you ever turn to one of his letters, they're like three chapters long. And then a period shows up. It's like, dude. But like one sentence of how God has been good Faithful, kind, great to you. And some of it is going to be for these guys. Whether they go out into employment next or whether they go on to further education next, they need to remember this. These moments where people who have had experiences they've not had yet can say God still gets you through it. But some of it is going to be for you guys. I've got a young guy in the youth group. He's asking me all the time when we're going to do another Alpha because he's got friends that he wants to see find Jesus. That, that is fire in the soul for every one of us. So, who wants to go first and say how God has been good? God has Stand up, Zach. Ha! 
<laughs> God has provided me with a job that I have been trying to get for five years now. Awesome. God's only been kind to one of us? I mean, I'll take that. <laughs> sure, but I mean, we might need to pray more. Belinda? Uh, God lifted the depression from the family Awesome. And if you've not lived that, you don't know how powerful that is. God gave me peace in the midst of life's storms. Peace in the midst of life's storms. Fantastic. Now, my friend, what could your story possibly be? <laughs> God has healed Evaldo from cancer. And that has been a massive encouragement to many, Evaldo. <laughs> I pointed this way first. Go ahead. God has brought me here to all of you. And that has filled my heart again, where my heart has been broken and empty. You guys, every single one of you here, especially my Melissa, have helped to mend my heart and make me feel whole again. Healing. Awesome. God has put a good Christian couple into my life who is encouraging me, but as well encouraging my other half. He does not move and has shown little bits in his life where he's changing. That's incredible. Thank you. Surely. He sure does. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you. God has been faithful to grow family. God has been faithful to grow family, yes. Jeannie? Teresa? Anyway, it's been two years since Melissa been post-transplant cancer group. Amen. All right. Oh, Georgina under the wire. Folks, milestones remind us that God has been faithful. God is faithful. And God will be faithful. Through life's valleys and mountain peaks, through joys and sorrows, one generation will declare to the other, another, the glories of God. We're going to wrap up our service because, honestly, what else can we end on the praise of how God, good God is we're going to close in worship I'll invite the band to come up
But I want to pray for us. A couple of things just to remind you as we end. The graduates, uh, we've got some things for them. But everybody's welcome to stay and celebrate in the foyer. So let's pray together. God, there is nothing that we could say after such incredible stories other than thank you. We are so grateful that you have been with these students and with your people through the valleys and the mountains. That in life you have remained constant even when our souls have felt dry, you have breathed new life into us. And so God, I would pray today that you would remind your people that you are at work in all of us. And that you've got a plan for your people. And that this town still needs the good news of Jesus Christ who changes lives. Lord, would you use us, we pray, to make your name great. Amen.